We would like to thank our sponsor, Island Savings. Island Savings, a division of member-owned cooperative First West Credit Union, provides banking, borrowing, and investment services for residents and businesses across Vancouver Island and the Southern Gulf Islands. Island Savings brings innovative products, an extensive branch network, and local decision-making to the banking experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Matters presented by Island Savings, a division of First West Credit Union, where we delve into the stories and insights of leaders and change makers in our community. I'm your host, Rob Capello, and today we're joined by Eileen Eady, the executive director of the Thousand by Five Children's Book Recycling Project. Eileen, thank you for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting us. So um, this uh, program or initiative is making strides in child literacy by ensuring that children uh, have access to a thousand books by the age of five. So I want to go in and explore that journey and how it started and yourself as well. So where I'd like to start actually as well as maybe maybe we could just dive into a little bit about uh, your background. So I'm curious, what were you doing before you joined a thousand by five? Okay, sure. I've been with Thousand by Five for about 12 years now. I think we're in yeah. our 13th year. And before yeah. that, I was an elementary school principal in the Victoria School District. Uh, and okay. also in the board office dealing with literacy with elementary learners. So you could say literacy has been a lifelong passion. It was kind of a natural segue when I was approached to see if I had this project in after I retired. So what was the origins of a thousand by five? So how did that transition come transition from your principal? It's it's I, I, I get now the passion for literacy if you have that background. How did it how did those two worlds uh, join together? It actually the whole project, a thousand by fives, was started on the peninsula by a woman named Daphne McNaughton, who also was okay. a retired principal. And they received funding at that point in time from a group called Success by Six, which was yeah. uh, what it was, it was Success okay. by Six. And loosely, the, the, there are 3,000 by five projects, one in the peninsula, which uh, conforms to the Saanich School Board, okay. and one on the, the middle part of the, you know, the lower island, which has the Squamalt, Old Bay, Victoria, View Royal, Highlands, and hopefully I haven't missed anybody in there. <laughs> and that's the project I organized, and I was approached to say, this is going so well in the peninsula, would you be interested in, in getting it going in, in your area? And it was an instant yes, and I had a lot of friends in the school district, yeah. and it was an instant yes for them because everyone knows how important literacy before you come to school is. Right. And then a few years later, the West Shore started. So for me, I was approached, and it was just a natural fit uh, to join a project that had already been initiated on the peninsula. Interesting. And so what, um, for people that are not familiar with a, a thousand by five, maybe can you give us an, just a high-level overview of the program? Uh, the initiatives you guys work on and how the actual association works? Sure. I'll tell you what we do, and maybe we'll talk about why as we yeah. go on. So what we do is collect books from families, mostly, yeah. um, who donate them to a big pink bin or whatever color bin in an elementary school. Yeah. I send out newsletters through the schools and talk a little bit about why early literacy is important. They take the books to the school when it gets the bin gets full, Okay. Along comes the uh, cartridge from the district. They bring them over to a school where uh, 12, in my case, I'll talk okay. about our case mostly, 12 volunteers meet every Wednesday. And we we go through these carton of books that come in all the time. Yeah. And we sort them and we put labels into them. I don't know if that's going to show up at all. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, then we, we bag them up and 
into three sort of age categories, babies, two to three-year-olds and four to five-year-olds. The magic comes in the next part. We work in our case with 26 different social agencies, everything from the mustard seed to strong starts, which are in six of our elementary schools, uh, to public health, to a lot of First Nations organizations. Right. They work with families in turn who maybe are just not as exposed to early literacy at home, or perhaps, and most likely, the resources aren't there to right. always be purchasing those resources for their children. So every month, uh, the Victoria Thousand by Five, we send it about 3,000 books. In wow. And each bag has three. So that's 1,000 children receiving yeah. books. And um, we've nailed 320,000 books in our project so far. That's amazing. Isn't it cool? That is so cool. So you don't distribute direct to families. So you'll go through groups that then go to families. Yeah. And, and the reason we think that's really important is, first of all, that's where families are going. Right, right. Uh, receive whatever assistance or programming that they're looking for. It's all free programming. Okay. We, we do not send them to preschools, for example. Um, right. So the intent is to um, have the books go into the hands of children who maybe aren't accessing a lot of books otherwise. Right. And agencies have the relationships with those families and can um, distribute and model kind of gently, you know? And here's right, a, right, right. Here's a gift for you um, from Thousand by Five. We know it's working because no agency quits. Yeah. Except for COVID, our numbers did not go down. Indeed. Right. Interesting. So I'm yeah. curious from, you mentioned most of the donors are, you know, individuals in schools do organizations or businesses get involved yes. as well it's astounding what's happened over the last few years when we started as a pilot project we had six schools donating okay. and then we bumped it up to all the schools in the victoria school district again just talking about the victoria project which is 26 elementary then we added eight independent schools and then we've got everything from raymond james doing book drives mm. um Shout out to our Beauty's Preschool, who challenged right. five other preschools to, to do um, the book drive. Uh, several thrift stores have said, we'll just save our extra books that don't get bought for you. Right, right. Um, Brown Social House uh, in Uptown. So it's nice to say thank you to some of these people. Yeah. Um, have done book drives and also funding um, to us. And so, yeah, the donors of books have become varied. I think we're up to 40 different donors. My spreadsheet is so small. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's it's great fantastic so. and that's our ultimate goal is, is right. to get the families in our community more aware of the need for early literacy and how easy it is to look under your bed and pull out the books that you're not reading to little kids anymore right and are there specific type of books that you are looking for like you're saying you know we i know it's for uh, children you know that are under five or five and under that you're focused on but are there specific ones that you usually try to get more of um I guess generally they're picture books okay. um, because that's the age group that enjoys when they're listening to a story, they are using the pictures as much as they are right. the words. And we do not send out uh, parenting books that sometimes come into us because we kind of think um, that's not our mandate. It's, it's yeah. to introduce literacy. We don't send out um, religious books okay. that um, are because we think again that's a choice and so if they yep. come to us we found ways other avenues to get them out okay and don't send out anything that's culturally insensitive as right. as thought by us when we look at them so, right um yeah it's uh it's 
pretty well, it's a wide range. What's interesting to us is every Wednesday, so we've sent out 320,000 books. Every single Wednesday, someone will say, stop, you got to listen or look at this beautiful book. Oh, and that's great. How can there be that's great mm -hmm. uh, do you uh, is there do you find an aspect of like the books are almost like recycled for lack of a better word in a sense of like they'll go out into the community and then they come back to you like do some they kind do. of yeah okay. some do we have we've sort of uh set it up with the intent to build a home library so Got if it. a child has it's not like a lending library so much as a gift to the child so if a right. child's going to a particular program um say one of the strong starts right there's a monthly rotation so in one year school year they could get 30 books which Got kind it. of changes the culture of your home doesn't it if yeah you... absolutely so i would say that fewer than 10 percent come back to us and we know that because our labels in it and so if we get a book that we see the label already in it. We know it's been returned. Um, right. I think they probably do get moved around, but not always back to us. Interesting. Well, it's interesting that how, you know, with everything going digital, the one thing that I feel that hasn't, hasn't are books, right? The bookstores are still open, used bookstores like that. If anything, it's almost more now than there was before. Yeah. And it's so important. Maybe I can talk a bit about the why for, yeah. for early literacy. It, it's not teaching reading. It's not um, having sound out the words or use phonetics. It's more that if a child listens to a book, they kind of learn, get some book knowledge. Like this right. is front and the right side up, you know, not yep. this. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they get to learn right from the early years, you know, um, well, this is not the best example because, you know, they don't like not, but, you know, where's, where's the big creature? And right. then secondly, you know, as they develop, you say, well, what do you think they're doing? What are they going to do next? And so... That whole exposure to language, reading, listening, and speaking mm -hmm. is so interconnected for brain development in the mm -hmm. early years. And there is something different about listening to a story than there is looking at a screen right. um, in terms of language development. It's just really strongly supported by the research. And uh, the most single most important factor, you put a quarter in and I can keep going for a while. That's is, so good, I love it. <laughs> is that reading at home is the single greatest factor or in a predictor of early success in school. Interesting. The programs that they can go to, more than the educational level of the parents, it's that actual sitting down each and every day to read a book, maybe 10 times over, right? Right, that's... right, right. I remember that with my kids, the same book you read. They, oh, they fall in love with a book, you just read it over and over and over. And what they learn, you probably watched, is they learn how to predict. They right. learn to pretend read, right? They, right, they right, right. So they're really learning all sorts of skills just by osmosis. And the other thing they're doing is they're saying that you love reading too. So you right. put them on your knee and you read the story again and again and again, and they go, well, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. And so that attitude carries on into school and makes them more likely to succeed. Interesting. I'm curious about, I know organizations, you mentioned this, your Wednesdays, is that organizations like yourself thrive from, you know, obviously with community contributions, but volunteers. Can you speak a little bit about the volunteer, the roles volunteers play for you guys? I know I watched some videos where you're showcasing some of the us. Can, can you speak a little bit around that? I can. We just had a coffee party yesterday at my house to celebrate. I um, love it. That's uh, awesome. And they, the group that are with me and with the other two organizations are all retired teachers or principals mm. who are in that educator realm. And the, interestingly for us, we're probably one of the few organizations that I have to say to prospective volunteers, gee, we're kind of full at the moment. So 
the volunteers stick with the program. I, I think for two reasons, they know the value. Right. And it's also a great social network for themselves. So mm -hmm. they, uh, and they have become very active in, in sort of saying, oh, you might want to speak to this group or that group. Or Here's something you could do to get us more books. Or we have uh, friended the little libraries that are all over town. And yeah. we have, uh, so the books that we get that are too old. And many of the volunteers say, oh, I'll just take them over here and pop them in. They're enthusiastic. They're creative. They're intelligent about what we're trying to do, mm. and they are the A-team of um, activity. They are not bored people sitting around. They've got a right. lot on and think this is important to do. Love it. That's so good. Yeah, and I love the videos and stuff I saw on the site and yeah. uh, what you guys engage in. So I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned uh, COVID, um, but outside of that, what are some of the challenges you faced over the last few years that you you know that that you you've really encountered? Is it you know is it like all mo most of our problem? Is it funding? Is it lack of? It doesn't sound like lack of volunteers, but uh, it, you know it, what are some of the challenges that you're yeah. facing as an organization? Yeah, I'll speak to the funding one first. First, okay. I should I should give some thank you to some um, yeah. ongoing funders. But you're right, COVID challenge that for all mm -hmm. organizations and we had to work doubly hard and be more creative in how we used our resources but uh the times calling this literacy fund has been really supportive mm -hmm. about the rotary clubs probably right. six or so rotary clubs have helped out their funding also gets you know absolutely a little bit and so we've had a bit, little bit less from all of these groups but are grateful nonetheless first west foundation as a matter of fact yeah. and that, that's been great so the, the funding is always, always, always a challenge. And why do we need it? If I'm saying that we're getting all these books, we don't get enough books for babies. Right. Destroyed and they, we can't send them out. We only send out things that look new. And yep. books that come in that used to belong to a baby are chewed, have jam on them. And yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so oh, I guess I, Orca Book Publishers has also um, given us some very nice discounts oh, great. on new books. And so in COVID, when we had fewer books, I had to buy more books. Right. And it was a catch-22. Then there was much money, but had to buy more. Yeah. So, and that still has a trickle effect. Um, families were not able to go into schools for mm. over a year, um, close right. to two years. And so that habit of there's the pink bin in the front door um, yeah. got destroyed. Um, so we ended up um, purchasing books to give to kindergarten kids, which increased our cost. But hopefully help with marketing to um, yep. let families know here's a program in your school, bring in your old, bring in your books. Um, That's awesome. The other challenge that we've had is what the agencies had as fewer families coming up to programs or programs being canceled during COVID. Right. And it's not back to normal. It really isn't. Um, it still isn't. No, they wow. have not started. All those agencies don't have all the same programs they used to or the same attendance. Mm -hmm. um, the mustard seeds clientele has changed a fair bit. And so right. where we used to send 250 bags of books at 750 books a month, we're doing a third of that right now because mm. of the families not coming out. So I'd say the outreach portion is still a challenge, which which wasn't so much of one before. before. And then the donors, both the books and, and the money that comes in um, is ongoing work. Yeah, and the volunteers are fantastic, and we're good in that department. Interesting. Well, you, well, even though you're not sending out as much, I know you guys reached a, a pretty big milestone earlier this year. 
of donating over 300,000 books. And now you tell me you're at 325, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. So it's growing. But what is that? You know, you've been with the organization for 12. What, what did that achievement mean to you? Like, how, can you speak a little bit of sort of means to the program? Yes, we um, the day that we sort of celebrated that milestone, yeah. we had um, participants from all the different avenues. So, of course, the volunteers were there. Yeah. Members of the school district, which I should say wouldn't exist without that huge right. partnership, right? right. Um, they were there. Um, some of the donors, Standards Anonymous, the Rotary Club, um, others came. And hmm. also some of the agencies that give out books. And as we stood in a circle, it was just so apparent, let me sound trite, how it takes a community right, to right. produce this. And I think that we all saw, as we looked around, how it worked, you know, how the... Uh, books coming in from schools and this volunteers speaking about why they volunteer like why do yeah. you come every wednesday and yeah and they were able to talk about how important that is to literacy is to to little people and then the recipients i guess from the agencies that said you know in many cases we know that um these families don't have books unless right. they come from you or one agency person saying we used to just be a play center. And when your books first came, they sat in a the corner, these bags. And now the children are saying, when are we getting those books again? <laughs> so they want to open them when they arrive. So that milestone was a marker for what's going on week after week and year after year. But it was powerful, I think, to most of us sitting in that room that day. I imagine. And, and I imagine like you must have, like there's so many inspiring moments that you can probably dig back on and and think about but and and you know reaching that milestone is one of them but is there anything that sort of really stands out for me for you is there a particular moment or a success story that that really stands out or inspires you or moves you when you think back on it yeah uh, well there's probably several but one yeah. <laughs> to mind might be the mustard seed um going mm. back to their partnership which is how we view all of these things that right. were uh, in partners with so many donors and, and distributing agencies. And when, again, the person who initiated contact with us many, many years ago, um, and they're essentially a food and clothing bank. And, uh, interesting. and she was saying the same kind of thing that um, I mean, initially they had to sort of push the books on people. Yep, yep. And then we had, through COVID, we had uh, one of our volunteers deliver the books. And the only male we've got, by the way, who is very, he doesn't come and sort, but he does do deliveries. For <laughs> he would say he would get out of his vehicle with a box of books and he couldn't make it to the place where he's supposed to drop them off if there were families because they'd come and get the books and want mm. the books. And so I think the powerful part is the children receiving the books and we don't get to see a lot of that. Right, right. Stories. right. So that's a powerful moment. I have another story from a Strong Start coordinator and they are in six of the elementary schools in our district and cater okay. to families with preschoolers. So the okay. families are in the program with their preschooler, babies now. And she said that um, sometimes some families would feel hesitant to come in and she would go out in recess or when the parents are picking up the kids and just take the bags of books. Mm. And one father said to her that, you know, thank you from my heart. And he touched mm. her to say, um, we don't feel that comfortable coming into the school but these books have been important to us. And my seven-year-old is also learning better to read because he's reading them to his two-year-old brother. Oh, interesting. It's those kinds of stories that- That's great. You know, or you're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's amazing. You know, is there, I was curious, I was looking, is there other communities that are doing something similar? Like, is this program or initiative something you find in a lot of communities across like Western Canada or, or are you guys fairly unique in that sense? We're fairly unique and it's yeah. organically spreading a little bit. So as I said, it began on the peninsula and yeah. then to our group in the West Shore. And then we've mentored on the Salt Spring, the islands, and then um, the island a little bit. And then through Rotary, actually, one of the Rotary members had a friend in Vancouver, and they wanted to start it in the Vancouver School District. So it's been very organic that I'd say six or eight other ones on the island and into Vancouver have heard about us, wanted to know if they could do it. It's very transferable, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. The supply chain and the need is right there, and you're yeah. getting volunteers probably in every community who are passionate and capable of doing this. I mean, so yes, it, it would be something that could be transferred easily, but our mandate or our energy level or something has been to just, just work sure. with people who come to us. 100%, that makes sense. Um, for people listening, I'm curious if you draw back in your experience with child literacy is what are some like strategies that are, are effective that our families are listening for to engage with young children when it comes to reading like is there some small takeaways that we can start doing if you're like well yeah i haven't done this yet i should start reading to my children is there something that that you can kind of some takeaways that we can leave people sure so first of all um have a few books spread out on your coffee table that are mm. picture books and ask your child which one they'd like to, to listen to to read and let, so let them have a choice in in what you're going to be reading Right. And then um, you really won't have to push this idea because as they get more comfortable, let them hold the book. Mm. They'll take it out of your hands. So that's okay. Right. It can happen very quickly. And then as you read, you stop a lot. And the dialogue while you're reading is really important. Mm. So if you're reading to a baby who's just getting language, you might say, where's the doggy? Yeah. And point to a picture of doggy and say doggy or something. And yeah. you would you'd do quite a bit of dialogue. As the children get older and you're reading a similar book, you'd say, whoa, that dog looks excited. What do you think is going to happen? And right. so dialogue that gets them into predicting and understanding what storylines are all about and letting them turn the pages. In some cases, they'll stop you as they get the chance to read through and they'll want to say the words. So that, again, is just helping them um, put language and pictures together, which is really quite crucial. You kind of can't go wrong if you pick up the book and follow the child's lead and have a lot of conversation about what's going on. Right. What you don't want to do as a parent is try to force feed how to read. You know, hmm. this word says spot. See, what does it start with? Um, you don't need to do that to encourage early literacy. You need to get them to love it, to understand how a book moves from the beginning through the middle hmm. to the end. Hmm. Talk about it during and after. Right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Thank you for that. I really, I mean, I know that there's definitely some favorites. I remember reading to my, the kids and I, I, I got just as much enjoyment out yeah. of it. Right. Cause you start, you're like, I, I became a huge Dr. Seuss fan and oh, for sure. even yeah. into adulthood, sure. right? Dr. Seuss is still popular. Yeah. And, yeah. and even into adulthood though, yes, like you, you read, you yeah. kind of go back to it's interesting. I'm curious if there's, um, you know, a message that you want to leave listeners with about the importance of child literacy. I think that, you know, sometimes we take it for granted or we, or we don't, we don't think about it, but is there a message that you want to leave people with about the importance of it? Yes. And maybe the need for supporting it in mm. our community. The, one of the things I haven't talked about is you would think in, in Victoria, Lower Island, right. We're so affluent and, and we're so 
um, resourceful. Right. But when we look at the kindergarten assessments and the poverty levels, we're, we're facing some of that as every community is. And so I would like to leave people with, with the notion that the community really can support early literacy by simply sharing their resources, whether mm. that's uh, fundraising. It's wonderful to have partnerships with different businesses. Yeah. Sometimes do book drives or um, donate cash or come and volunteer for a day just to see what it's like. And to know that you're making a huge difference, that there's mm. still um, thousands of children out there who do not have access to this essential piece of learning at home, which is what sets everybody up for later success and to become a business leader, for example. You're pretty, yeah. well, you're pretty literate, don't you? Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> yeah. So my message would be, thank you for thinking about early literacy and please find a way to get involved through your business and through your home by either taking books to elementary schools or getting in touch with me through our website and finding out how to partner with us in other ways. Love it. Well, Eileen, thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning and sharing the story of how, you know, a thousand by five is, you know, really opening up worlds of possibilities for children liter uh, through literacy. So uh, thank you so much for the time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for asking. And, and to our listeners, we hope this episode inspired you to support or engage with literacy initiatives in your community. And I encourage you to visit the website, like Eileen mentioned, it's a thousand by five and it's a thousand and then X, the letter X5.ca. So it's a thousand X5.ca. Uh, and you can learn more about how you can support the great cause. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends as we want to get the word out as much as possible. So until next time, thank you for tuning into Business Matters and have a great day. Thank you, Eileen. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We would like to thank our sponsor, Island Savings. Island Savings, a division of member-owned cooperative First West Credit Union, provides banking, borrowing, and investment services for residents and businesses across Vancouver Island and the Southern Gulf Islands. Island Savings brings innovative products, an extensive branch network, and local decision-making to the banking experience.